0: This is the one thing we're going to do. Let's get it across the board. Then pick up the next thing. Uh, the other thing is there's change in our environment just from a, for a business. Like a, for a business to stay competitive, you have to change. Like the, there is continuous change. They're all everyone's trying to adopt the latest thing to stay competitive, and then you're tacking security on top of that. You just have to be really empathetic of what your partners can handle.
1: SC Media, our diamond sponsor, Arctic Wolf, and our sapphire sponsor, Cohesity, are proud to present this month's CISO Stories program. Each month, the CISO Stories program explores a cybersecurity topic selected by Cyber Risk Alliance's CISO community and provides content that examines that topic from a variety of perspectives. Hosted by Todd Fitzgerald, best-selling author of the CISO Compass, the CISO Stories weekly podcast features content powered by the 1,100 plus members of the Cyber Risk Alliance's CISO community. Listen to the CISO Stories podcast episodes at CISOStoriesPodcast.com. The Cybersecurity Collaborative is a unique membership community enabling cybersecurity leaders to work together in a trusted environment. To learn more, visit CISOstoriesPodcast.com slash CSC. I'm your host, Todd Fitzgerald, and this week we welcome Kathy Olson, Information Security Director at Packsize. It's great to be here today with Kathy Olson. And uh, Kathy, what attracted you to the cybersecurity field?
0: What I like about cybersecurity is I like taking something that's kind of scary and complicated and then making it approachable for those who need to know or those who are, you know, you, you obviously in business, you're always making a decision. There's always something that you need to weigh. But if I can take this big hairy mess of cybersecurity, it's always changing, um, always typically based in fear. But if I can kind of bring it down to a level that's approachable and give the people the information that they need to make the right decisions. That's what I like.
1: Yeah, I, I mean that's so so needed today because a lot of people just you know oh that's that just seems too technical and so we need that translating ability in in our organizations.
0: Yeah, and it's also I've found that I I love I get bored easily <laughs> and so there's always change. There's always a new thing. There's there's always I mean. It's not fun, there's always like a new attack or threat, but I'm never bored. There's, there's so much to do, there's so much to learn.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, there's so much really to do in this field that it's, it's, it is such a great um, perspective. So today we're gonna to talk about um, people-centric security and, and how to build a people-centric uh, program. So walk us through that. What do you mean by people-centric security?
0: So you think through in security, there's people, process, and technology. And even though the people word is first, sometimes that's the thing that you do last, like when you think through. And it's not just awareness training. Like there's so much that you can do around the people part of your security program. Obviously, the tools and automation, it, it can block kind of that 80%, but it's that 20%, that 10%, like those things that get through your process and your technology, it's your people who are the attack vector. They are the ones that are most vulnerable. And we can need to think through, are we doing our best, not just like the person clicking on things, but you have, you can't be everywhere at once. And if you have a shared vision, shared ownership, common goal, I think you're a lot more productive than always relying on governance and your tools to, you know, promote your security program.
1: So, so how do you actually do that? How do you get to people having that that shared vision?
0: So, I think the the first thing is to accept the fact, and it's, I think this may feel like a lot of self help. <laughs> This may be self-help for the CISO, but you have to be very empathetic to those who are your partners. Um, the first thing you need to consider is, you know, where are they at? Like some people, they are working so hard; they're they're at capacity. And then there's also uh, something to consider on change fatigue. You're if you're implementing a program, your leaders. Your technologists have always done something a certain way. And most likely you're gonna want them to change. And so what is their capacity to change? You know, their capacity to change could be, you know, if they if they're play if they do have time and they're, you know, bought in, their capacity increases. But if they're already maxed out, they don't see your vision, they're gonna be resistant to that change. And so then you're gonna to have to. Rely really heavy on your governance. You have to rely on the tooling and you don't you don't have a person that's bought in. And so that's you have to be empathetic of where they're coming from. And then when you think of change fatigue, if I came in and tried to change 20 things at once, thinking of them as a person as opposed to like a process, that's hard. <laughs> that's hard to swallow. Like anyone for anyone to change what they do if it affects their day-to-day work. That's why it's really important to do a risk assessment and just, okay, what's the one thing that will dramatically reduce the risk exposure for my company?
1: The cybersecurity industry has an effectiveness problem. New technologies, vendors, and solutions emerge every year, yet we still see headlines filled with high-profile breaches. Designed to help you monitor, detect, respond, and recover from cyber attacks whenever and wherever they strike. Arctic Wolf provides the first cloud native security operations platform, empowering organizations of any size to stand up to world class security operations with a push of a button. Learn more about their suite of fully managed security operations solutions at CISO Stories Podcast.com forward slash Arctic Wolf. It's interesting you say that we previously on CISO Stories had uh, James Christiansen who talked uh, about um, when you get too much security budget, and um, he, he wrote a, a piece for the CISO Compass book, and, and what he and his point with all of that was that he went in and he had these 20 different things that he proposed to the board to do, uh, <clears throat> and then um, over a three-year period, and they said, well, what if we gave you all the money to do it, but we want you to do it in a year? And, and and that usually doesn't happen. And so he he did that, and he said it it was a disaster. Uh, he said because uh, there were so many, there was so much change they were trying to do in the organization that they underestimated the ability of people to actually do that change.
0: Yeah, you really have to prioritize. You know, what's the one thing, like kind of a, like a lean or agile mentality, like, this is the one thing we're going to do. Let's get it across the board, then pick up the next thing. Uh, the other thing is there's change in our environment just from a, for a business. Like, a, for a business to stay competitive, you have to change. Like, the, there is continuous change. They're all Everyone's trying to adopt the latest thing to stay competitive. And then you're tacking security on top of that. You just have to be really empathetic of what you're – partners can handle. A way to make sure that we're actually doing that, that we are protecting that data. Well well why? Well because I I'm tied to the purpose of my company. Like I'm tied to I I care about the people I work with. I care about our customers and I want to make sure they're protected. And for me personally, I work for pack size and we have a very clear purpose. Um so we make uh, custom size boxes. So that box is custom to the package and our founder Hanko his commitment is to create a better world for his kids he wants to re- like our company is committed to reducing co2 emissions we're committed to sending less trucks sending less pa- uh sending less trucks sending less planes to fulfillment so my piece of this is that that one thing so all the way to the beginning that information security policy. I'm helping. You know, <laughs> you get very okay. far. I mean, it's it's a stretch. I I I, yeah. I completely <laughs> admit that this is a stretch, but I'm helping to create a better environment. By protecting these solutions from a security perspective,
1: I think that's so important. I, I've, I've done uh, workshops, you know, looking at uh, how do we build uh, information security strategy, and and one of the exercises is I have people build a vision statement in in their groups, and it's very interesting when people come back together how how hard that actually is i mean it sounds like such an easy thing to do but some of them have all these words on the paper that sound good but they don't inspire they don't inspire yeah. people to to do something different and so i i like where you're coming from that it's not just about protecting information it's 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 leading to the the mission of the organization
0: And I think when you speak, because I like what you said about vision, uh, you could sell fear all day long. And you can, and I I do point things out, okay, I mean, you do have to be transparent around the risks. And we speak of threats and, you know, every single day there's a company that's taken down with ransomware. Like it's, it is a fact. So there's a quote uh, from BJ Fogg. He's the author of Tiny Habits. And people change when they feel good. And so that's, you know, how do I get them to feel good about this? And like what you said, the feeling and like inspired. And that inspiration increases their motivation.
1: So so what sort of security awareness training are you doing for the people? Are you doing fishing exercises and, and that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, so we're doing fishing exercises. We are looking to implement Uh, I like, I mean, there's there's a lot of different tools out in the marketplace. I really like the idea of behavior-based training. So there's a number of vendors that do this, but when they do something, there's immediate feedback. It's not, I did this training uh, as a human. (laughs) You're always trying to avoid pain or just like, I have to get through this training. I'm going to click through it. But like, how much of it actually is actually consumed? And then you think through you know, building a habit if it's behavior based there is either positive or you know additional work if they did the wrong thing and then that you can do additional coaching or whatever if there's a problem
1: what would be an example of, of behavior based training that, 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 how that well
0: just be- you have um, when you think through uh, so this is from BJ Fogg again behavior de- design so you have a cue an action and an award and that's this is how we do things we we do things on autopilot but when it's new you have to make sure that that's set up so with the phishing training you have the queue of the new email and then they need to make an action they can either ignore it they can report it they may click on the link and then there's a immediate feedback and so the more you do this this is when it becomes that behavior is essentially installed like software and it becomes automatic but in the beginning you have to make sure that there's more frequent cycles that and then you that very quick feedback loop
1: is are there things that you do to reward people, <clears throat> or do you punish them, or do you say, "Hey, you, you, you're, you're like a frequent clicker. We're going to have you come in on Saturday for an all-day uh, fishing training class as a as a reward for that."
0: So I'll I'll address the award first. So I did do a funny thing. Uh, I it was May the fourth. And our C-suite was in town. They were having some meetings. And I said, I have this idea and I want you to make this happen. And I wanted to make a security awareness video, but like a skit, like a Star Wars skit. (laughs) And so I dressed up the C-suite in Jedi robes. I was like the one floating, like, don't click. And basically allowed to use humor and playing. I mean, everybody loves Star Wars at, uh, we all have a common <clears throat> we all have a common agreement that it's awesome. And so, if I can use humor, use entertainment to teach something. But I di- I did use some prizes. I had some Easter eggs in the video. And then if they did those things, they were in our raffle to, you know, earn 100 bucks. But then the negative side, you know, do I punish? I think I always look at the word support first and see, okay, how do I support them? What training do they need? Um, what support do they need from their leader? You, you could probably go down that path three or f- you could go down that path like three or four times before you get to punishment. Like, obviously you do have to protect your company and its data, but I would love to focus on the support needed first.
1: I I mean I think that's great. I mean I I've been in these discussions and people say, well, you know if they keep clicking like that, they should just be fired. And and well, eventually you wouldn't have anybody left in the company <laughs> most likely if you if you if you took that approach.
0: Yeah, I I always assume good intent. You know I don't think anyone is intentionally trying to obviously with phishing for sure. You're not intentionally trying to compromise the security of. Your company or its data. You're you're responding to a message that's tailored for you, especially if it's like spearfishing. Like they know enough, and you're gonna respond with emotion. You're not gonna really think. Just assume good intent, and then you provide support.
1: So, how do you measure if this people-centric approach is is working or not?
0: Um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think. I think the main thing is, so I did. I did attend a executive leadership training at the U of U, and I so I encourage security leaders to attend additional training, not just focused on your domain. I know you may have certifications, you have things, you have to get your hours in, in on the technical space, but there are leadership courses that can help raise your awareness of, you know, how do I lead? How do I create a vision? And so they did, I had to do a uh, assessment, you know, what changes have you been a part of this year? And I probably was part of 15 to 20. And rated what went well, what what projects went well, what were okay, and then what failed. And the, the what from the course, and then just my initial assessment, anything that was successful, I had a people centric focus, I had Included the right stakeholders. It, I mean, it it goes slower, but ultimately it's faster because it got done and it was successful. But in my head, you know, you, you want to be in control. I can get this done. But those are the things that taint. And so, obviously, I, I need to think through good metrics. But just that brain dump that if someone listening to this could think through, okay, last year these were my initiatives. These are the things that I wanted to do. I think you might see the same pattern that, you know, what are the common threads of the successful initiatives versus the unsuccessful initiatives? And for me, the common pattern was how I involved other teams and all the stakeholders involved. If I was throwing it, it's, it doesn't go as well.
1: That's very interesting. I mean, that's a really good insight because I think many times we're so focused on these, you know, where's our control maturity and we're mapping to, you know, either NIST or ISO or or some other metric uh, and not thinking about how how we're actually impacting the people and the change in the organization.
0: Yeah, and it's like what I said, slower, it's more just, before you kick something off, it's the timing of when you get someone. It matters so much to to do those engagements of who's impacted, how are they impacted. Let's do a pre-mortem. What could go wrong? Like let's let's get a lot of feedback, and then you get to the how and the what, and then and then you can just you just go, and it's actually faster. Um, the Google Google has a change framework, and they look really closely at the why. And you have a very clear idea of the what, like, what's your vision? You know, what are we trying to accomplish? And then you have the who and the how. And then once you kind of establish that, you do move fast because you don't have resistance. You don't have politics. You don't have, you know, uh, mixed priorities because mixed priorities is conflict. Like, that's what drives conflict. And it's not that people are bad people or, it's just, they have different priorities than me. And if we can't come together, it it becomes really noisy and you can't move as fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great perspective. Um, so this has been great, Kathy, talking about this. I, I, I think that uh, understanding our people and really what drives them and getting them on board with cybersecurity is something that we all need to be spending more time doing. So what what advice would you give to emerging CISOs, current CISOs, experienced CISOs uh, as they're trying to make their organizations more people-centric?
0: I think the main thing is your relationships, building relationships of trust. When you say something, say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Uh, you have build that trust with them. It's uh, you, once you have these relationships, once you have this trust, it's not as much effort to bring everyone together. You, It's easier to communicate that vision, that common goal. And I think the other thing is insecurity, we're usually right. <laughs> Like they're doing something. It's against every security framework. You could look to the book, throw them in the book. I think you can get more momentum and more progress if you can lean on kindness. We can always skip level, we can always escalate really quickly. But obviously, if there's a threat, if there's an incident, you just have to go. And feelings aside, you got to protect your company. But the in-between, that's like 90%, I'd say 99% of your day is improving your program and interacting with people. And just be kind. Like, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Assume good intent. And that's, that's what builds those relationships of trust.
1: I really like that. Um, I I, I think that's a a great way to end it. Um, Thanks a lot, Kathy. Thanks for taking the time to be with us today.
0: Oh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank
1: you. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode of the CISO Stories Podcast. We want to say a special thank you to Arctic Wolf, our diamond sponsor, and Cohesity, our Sapphire sponsor. Please subscribe to the Cecil Stories Podcast and you will receive a new story each Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you next week for a new episode.